Hello, and welcome welcome to American Political Paradise Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about the Presidential Records Act. <clears throat> because recently, President, former President Donald Trump, his home at Mar-a-Lago, his home, his resort at Mar-a-Lago in Florida, West Palm Beach, Florida, was raided or was, was uh, looked into by the FBI and the DOJ. Or by the FBI. So, we want to know why, well, we, we haven't really known a why yet, but we, but we just found a why, possibly, just from this article, from this Hill article that I found. So, I'm going to explain to you what is the Presidential Records Act, and, and I'm going to talk about why it's significant and everything, and then I'll go into more of it later on. Okay. The Presidential Records Act, or PRA, of 1978, 44 U.S. Code 2201-2209, governs the official records of presidents and vice presidents that were created or received after January 20th, 1981, or beginning with the Reagan administration. The PRA changed the legal ownership of, of, of the official records of the present from private to public, and established a new statutory structure under which presence and subsequently NARA must manage the records of their administrations. The PRA was amended in 2014, which, which established several new provisions. Specifically, the PRA, or Presidential Records Act, Establishes public ownership ownership of all presidential records and defines the term presidential records. Requires that vice president vice presidential records be treated in the same way as person presidential records. Places res- responsibility for custody and management of incumbent presidential records with the president. Requires that the president and his staff take all practical steps to file personal records separately from presidential records. Allows the incumbent president to dispose of records that no longer have administrative, historical, informational, or evidentiary value once the fa- views of archivist of the United States on the proposed disposed to have been obtained in writing. Establishes that in law that any incumbent presidential records, whether textual or electronic, held on courtesy storage by the archive, archivist, remain in the exclusive legal custody of a president, and that any request or order of access to such records must be made to the president, not an not NARA. Establishes that presidential records automatically transfer into the legal custody of archivists as soon as the president leaves leaves office. Establishes a process by which the president may restrict and the public may obtain access access to these records after the president leaves office. President leaves office. Specifically, 
The PRA allows for, for public access to presidential records through the Freedom of Information Act or FOIA. FOIA, beginning five years after the end of the administration, allows the president to invoke as many as six specific restrictions to public access for up to 12 years. Codifies the process by which former and incumbent persons conduct reviews for executive privilege prior to public release of records by NARA. Uh, and then, which had been formerly been governed by Executive Order 134489, and establishes procedures for Congress, courts, and subsequent administrations to obtain special access to records from NARA that remain closed to the public following a privilege review period by the former incumbent persons. The procedures governing such special access requests continue to be governed by the relevant provisions of Executive Order 13489, established in the PRA Presidential Records Act, establishes preservation requirements for official business business conducted using non-official electronic messaging accounts, or any individual claim presidential records must not use non-official electronic messaging accounts unless that individual copies an official account as the message is created or forwards a complete copy of the record to an official messaging account. A similar provision in the Federal Records Act applies to federal agencies. In the PRA of 1978 or Presidential Records Act, prevents an individual who has been convicted of a crime related to a view, retention, removal, or destruction of records from being given access, access to any original records. So that's a little bit about the, the Presidential Records Act of 1978. Uh, let's go to the next article. Trump's Presidential Records Act Violations, Short and Long-Term Solutions. And this is from lawfareblog.com. On January 1st, January 31st and February 5th, the Washington Post reported the Washington the Washington Post reported that former President Trump routinely quote tore up briefings and schedules, articles and letters, memos, both sensitive and mundane in violation of the Presidential Records Act, and that some of the record, records received by the January 6th committee had been ripped up and, ta- and then taped back together. As the Washington Post pointed out that the fact that Trump ripped, ripped records wasn't news. In 2018, Plurico report uh, ran a profile a profile on two staffers tasked with scotch taping Trump's records back together. But recent reporting suggests that Trump shredded, shredded far more documents than previously known, that many of the shredded doc- records ended up in burn bags and destroyed. That includes records of particular importance to the January 6th committee's ongoing investigation related to Trump's efforts to pressure 
vice president Pence to overturn the results of the 2020 presidential election. Additional details of of Trump's removal and destruction of records are being reviewed daily. On February 7th, the National Archives and Records Administration, or NARA, just closed that it had been forced to retrieve 15 boxes of records from Trump's Mar-a-Lago residence. On February 9th, two days later, the New York Times reported that some of those some of those boxes contain classified records. On February 10th, a preview of Ma- Maggie Haberman's book was disclosed that staff, staff in White House residents periodically discovered rags of pa- printed paper clogging the toilet and believed the president had flushed pieces of paper. As in various other situations in which Trump had floated well-established laws, and norms that typically constrain for president. His apparent blatant disregard of the PRA presents two, two sets of questions. First, what are available me- mechanisms for accountability against the president who violates these rules? And second, what future reforms would strengthen guardrails against the rule of law violations by the occupant of the Oval Office? So after a short primer on NPRA's origins and how it operates, we discuss both sets of questions. The history of the PRA and the broader complementary Federal Records Act is well documented. Briefly, the FRA was enacted in 1950. It requires federal agencies, not the president, but not the president, to preserve their papers. In 1955, Congress passed the Presidential Libraries Act, which inquired, encouraged, but not to require, but not did not require presidents to donate their records to private libraries so that they could be made be made available to the general public. The law tracked the norm that President F. Franklin Roosevelt started when he opened his Presidential Library in 1941, and eventually donated his papers. It wasn't until until President Nixon attempted to float this norm that Congress took action to pr- actively protect public access to presidential, presidential records. After Nixon resigned, he promptly entered in, into agreement with the General Services Administration that would have, that would have allowed him to, to destroy his records including for Watergate tapes. Congress acted quickly to heed off the destruction of the tapes enacting the Presidential Records and Materials Preservation Act. The act supposedly prohibited Nixon from destroying the tapes and put further supposed that notwithstanding any other law or any agreement, the General Services Administrator shall receive, retain, or make reasonable efforts to obtain complete possession and control of all papers, documents, memorandums, transcripts, and other objects and materials which constitute the presidential historical materials of Richard M. Nixon. Covering the period beginning January 20, 1969 and ending August 9, 1974. Nixon challenged the 
presidential records in the Materials Preservation Act. In doing so, he again invoked a separation of powers argument as well as executive privilege privacy, First Amendment, and Bill of Attainder arguments. The Supreme Court rejected Nixon's challenge in Nixon's first administrative general services. Following the court's Supreme Court's decision, Congress enacted the Presidential Records Act in 1978 to avoid future debacles over presidential records. The pre PRA, which is codified and amended at 44 U.S. United States Code 2201-22-09, largely mirrors the presidential rec- recordings and materials preservation. It also accommodates the separation of powers concerns raised in administrator of general services by placing primary responsibility for real-time implementation the executive branch and providing for, for transfer custody and restrictive, restricted disclosure after a president leaves office. The key provisions are as follows. Public ownership. In section 2.2.02, PRA provides for United States owns presidential records. The preservation of presidential records during a president's tenure. Section 2203 tracks of presidential, record, presidential recordings <coughs> and materials preservation act in the Supreme Court's decision in administrator of general services and places the responsibility of, of identifying and preserving presidential records during administration's, administration's tenure with the president. It requires the president to take, quote, all steps all such steps as may be necessary, unquote, to preserve PRA records. Destruction of presidential records during a president's tenure. Section 2203C allows the president to dispose of PRA records that president determines, quote, no longer have administrative, historical, informational, or evidentiary value, unquote. Before the president may do so, however, sub- subsection 2203C requires the president to first obtain the views of the archivist of the, N- of the National Archives and Records Administration and the archives signs off to signs and archives signs off on the construction. If the archivist agrees with the president's assessment, the president may destroy valueless presidential records. If archivist does not agree, subsection 2203D requires the president to to provide a disposal schedule to the appropriate congressional committee 60 60 days in advance of destroying the records. And then subsection 2203E in return requires the archivist to request the advice of the Committee on Rules Administration and the Committee on Governmental Affairs of the Senate, now the Committee on Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs, and the Committee on House Oversight and the Committee on Government, Government Operations of the House of Representatives, which is now apparently the Committee of Oversight and Reform. What happens next is unclear and not spelled out, apparently. This article from lawfareblog.com says the relative significance of Trump's presidential records at 
violations. Former President Trump is not the first president to seek to circumvent the PRA, or even first to do so in order to evade congressional inquiry. As Joe Laporte recounts, Reagan sought to issue the email records from reflecting the Iran Contra arms deal. George H.W. Bush's administration destroyed telephone logs and email records that were relevant to ongoing congressional investigations, and to whether Bush had ordered the State, State Department to search Bill Clinton's passport records. Lloyd Cutler, who served as counselor to Bill Clinton, advised employees of the risk of disclosure under the PRA, which led some to stop keeping diaries and start using private email accounts to conduct government business. During George W. Bush's presidency, the administration act, administration's acts implied that all but a very narrow subset of vice presidential records were, were not properly considered presidential records, and when challenged on that front, the administration argued that neither the archivist or nor the National Archives had any authority to refuse that class of determination. But there are at least four unique aspects to Trump and his administration's apparent PRA violations. First, the purported violations are more brazen. Previous administrations sought to wage the PRA battle through implementation guidelines or suspect classifications, or what counted as a presidential record, as well as thorough decision, decision making about whether to create a record in the first instance. A Trump administration, in contrast, issued facially valid PRA implementing guidelines, but appears to have proceed, proceeded to violate these guidelines flagrantly, routinely. In addition to Trump's shredding habits, input evidence suggests that Trump officials use messaging services with automatic messaging, message deleting apps to communicate, as well as personal email accounts. There have been other instances of individual officials filing for, record, for federal records laws and one of off one of uh, one off his heist. But nothing quite like for repeat reportedly routine open violations of PA by the president himself. Second relatedly, Trump and his aides were warned about the violations of PA early on in his administration. Washington Post reports that a former senior administration official said that Trump was warned about the records act by McGahn, as well as his first two chiefs of staff, Mintz, Mintz Previous, and John F. Kelly, who lamented to allies that Trump would whip up everything according to a person who heard his comments. Pasantino also warned other aides about pursuing documents. Trump and his aides continued to destroy records in spite of those warnings. Trump, third, Trump's destruction of presidential records is part is part and parcel of a modus modus operandi that has apparently adhered to, for decades to avoid transparency and accountability. Trump has longer skewed email use, reportedly for fear of being hacked, and more importantly, shared himself lawsuits. He has also championed for the use of non-disclosure and non-disparagement agreements to prevent individuals with knowledge 
of his affairs can come forward. Continue to do so while in office. Most recently, former President Trump has unsuccessfully attempted to invoke executive privilege to, shoot, to try to shoot his administration's records from the January 6th Select Committee. As much as Trump reports to value free speech and express his own, long taking draconian measures to silence perceived enemies and to put public evolving facts and do not comport with his narrative. Fourth, Trump is the only president of, Uni president of the United States to condone to condoned an insurrection that unfolded while he was in office. As the Federal District Court observed in denying Trump's, President Trump's attempt to prevent a January 6th committee from obtaining his records, quote, discovering and coming to terms with causes underlying for January 6th attack is a matter of unsurpassed public importance, unquote. His apparent willful destruction of public records critical to the inquiry Miss Abbott but his damage to rule out in this country. So that's just some information about the presidential records ad. Let's go to, and then I'm going to go to a article by a Hill article called What is the Presidential Records Act? And just going to a little bit more about this case, the situation why we're talking about it today. Okay, so what is the Presidential Records Act by Caroline Frick for Kill of the Hill? Former President Trump announced on Monday that the FBI on, announced on, I think it was a, on August 8th, former President Trump announced on August 8th that FBI officials executed a search warrant at his Mar-a-Lago Mar residence, a dramatic step he called, ne he called quote, not necessarily appropriate. Ayo Trump, one of the former President's sons, said during an interview later on Monday, that the search warrant was tied to documents sought, sought by the National Archives. It was reported earlier this year that the National Archives asked the Justice Department to conduct a probe into Trump's handling of his presidential records after more than a dozen boxes, which include classified information, and under the Presidential Records Act were found to be required to remain with the government record keepers. Here's a breakdown of what the Presidential Act Presidential Records Act means in this probe and why it matters. Presidents, their immediate staff, or those in, whose role it is to aid or advise the president are required to maintain and turn over certain records following the time in the White House under the Act. The documents included under the Act, quote, includes any documentary materials relating to political activities of a president or members of a president's staff but only if such <clears throat> activities relate to, or, relate to or have a direct effect upon the carrying out of constitutional, statutory, or other official or ceremonial duties of a president, according to legislation. After the president leaves office, the archivist receives these various records and maintains access to those documents, which are later placed in de de depository. The Act provides exemptions to instances where records can be shared with such individuals, including for members of Congress. After 12 years, these various records become public. 
There are big penalties if those documents are removed or destroyed. U.S. Code says that, quote, whoever having the custody of any such record, proceeding, <clears throat> map, book, document, paper, or other thing, willfully and unlawfully conceals, removes, mutilates, obliterates, falsifies, or destroys the same, shall be fined $2,000 up to three years in prison, or shall forfeit his office and be disqualified from holding any office under the, under the United States. Though some of these punishments are often not enforced, according to the Guardian, the punishment of barring Trump from holding office would especially be noteworthy given that Trump has teeth the idea of running for president again in 2024. Some legal experts believe that there might be limits to how much this could actually affect Trump. Uh, Quote, yes, I recognize the legal challenge of the application of this law to a person who had garnered since qualifications set in the Constitution, but the idea of that candidate would have to litigate this, this external campaign is in my view a blockbuster American politics. Unquote. Mark Ellis, a top, former top, top lawyer for Hillary Clinton's 2016 campaign, tweeted. FBI raided raid at Mar-a-Lago on, on August 8, 2022, came on the same day that New York Times reporter Maggie Haberman tweeted out photos to corroborate her previous reporting in her forthcoming book for White House, that White House staffers regularly, fa- regularly founded, found ripped up printer paper clogging on a toilet in the presidential residence during Trump's administration, which could be a violation of this act. So, I know there's a lot to take in, but we got through it, and it's a lot to take in, and it's a lot of good information to know about the Presidential Records Act. Because it's a lot, it's honest, it's a good understanding of why they, they, why they had a search warrant, the FBI had a search warrant to search and find things, missing documents at Trump's Mar-a-Lago residence in West Palm Beach, Florida, this past Monday. And you might be wondering why, why on earth is it necessary to have a President's Records Act? It's to, me, it's to prevent, it's to make sure that, that presidential records are kept public and to keep in, and in, in, basically in cases of, of assumptions that they can be kept disclosed. And that's important because of cases like Trump, where he destroyed documents supposedly, and we don't have a lot of what he what went on during this administration, or we don't have documents related to January sixth committee, or not January sixth committee, but January sixth, twenty twenty one, two thousand twenty one, which might be a game changer if we if we would get these these documents from Trump for Trump. Trump's small algorithms, if that is the case in this FBI search warrant and raid that happened on this past Monday. Which a lot of people are hinting that this could be, this FBI raid is a big uh, step up for Trump to tease that he's going to, Trump, for Trump to announce that he's going to run for president in, in 2024 or earlier. 
So that's just a lot about this about uh, presidential records act, and I hope that it it keeps going. It's it's not destroyed by any. It's not uh, we can't amended or anything. I mean, it might be amended in future years, but it's really important out because it helps us. It maintains that presence in the media staff or those whose role is to aid or advise the president are required to maintain and turn over certain records following retirement in the White House under the Act. And it does have certain provisions, which if it says like after the president leaves office for archivist receives first records and maintains access to these documents, which are later placed in depository. And after 12 years, these records become public. So, this, the National Archive, Archives Records Administration is probably trying to make sure, or is probably talk to the FBI and DOJ and say, hey, we've been trying to cooperate with President Trump or something, and now we need, uh, we need more, we need for documents or something. I suppose that's why Trump's residence in Florida was raided. But I have no suspicion as to why. And that's just a part of it, I feel like. And, and some of these punishments are not often non-forced. So these, some of these punishments, like for whoever that having custody of any such record, proceeding map, book, document, paper, or other thing, willfully and unf- unlawfully considers, removes, mutilates, obliterates, falsifies, destroys the same, shall be fined 2,000 up to three years in prison, or shall forfeit his office or be disqualified from holding any office under the present, under the United States. And as the article says, that none of these provisions have really been punishments have really been enforced or or been uh followed. So if they would have, if a Genesis Select Committee or a DOJ or FBI would go through with this. If persons records at punishments, uh, then maybe it's possible that Trump could be could be arrested or he could even be sent criminally criminally sentenced to some time in jail or prison. But I mean, that would be huge for a later a former president to be sentenced. Because it really sent it really puts forth a a historical implementation or historical significance underlying for how a former president can or any present president or any former president can be sentenced legally under any justice system in the United States. Which is tricky because how do you go battle with a former president? It's tricky, I I would th- I would think. I mean, people really have first been frustrated with President Trump, no matter what party you're in. I mean, there's still some hard, hard, uh, there's really still people that are still enthusiastic about Trump running for president in 2024 because they love him to death because of what all the things he did as president in even, uh, even after being president, I would suppose. But that's, I mean, that's just what I think about it. So, honestly, Thinking if if it were to go through, it would be great because maybe maybe then 
uh, Trump would actually face legal consequences for, for January 6th insurrection that he carried out. He didn't carry out the insurrection, but he did some, he did, uh, say words that led, that right before the insurrection, but could have led most of the protesters, rioters, to, to perform the insurrection. Which is why I think he could legally be prosecuted for it, for Jameson's insurrection, and anything legally he did during his presidency. But we don't know because it's a new it's a new uh, time in history where we really don't know if the Biden administration's Attorney General Mel Garland will actually enforce law or will he try to set a new president president. But in history, by not criminally, invest, criminally uh, sentencing a former president and having a former president of the United States arrested or, or sentenced to, to life, to life, to like life in jail or prison or who knows what punishment would be for a former president who's done uh, horrendous things in his presidency. I mean, all the things Trump called names to people called people names and even. And other things like all the wars he could have started, people claim and everything. So it's just I don't know. It's interesting to learn more about this person's records ad, what it means as probe, and lead up to all the events lead up to this FBI search warrant leading up uh, at Trump's Mar-a-Lago residence this past August eighth, twenty twenty-two. So I think something to learn about and something to think about what would happen. I mean, what would our const what happened to our constitution and our government if Trump was actually criminally prosecuted or sentenced, prosecuted and sentenced to any time in prison or jail or anything or any type of punishment? Because I, I mean, you think about it. Trump is one person who's not. Who thinks he's legally unbounded by the law? He thinks he's not. Uh, he's not less. He's not. What do you call it? He's not like. He's not with the law, or he's not. He cannot be held legally responsible for anything he did in office, which is not true. He should be held responsible for anything, unlegally, un. Uh, illegal that he did in office. Including the January six insurrection that he that he started or he said some harsh words and he said some words he should not say during during the January during his uh, stop the steel rally way in the morning of January six which is his fault and he should take responsibility for it but I don't think he's ever going to take responsibility for it. In any way, I really don't, and that's just something that I think uh, he might take responsibility for, like way before, maybe, and if he ever faces punishment for what all the things he's done while he was present in in his life and everything, if he ever is held legally responsible for many of the uh, crimes or any of the things he might have actually done. In his life, like business dealings or well, for uh, for Trump Corporation 
or even while in office as President of the United States. So this could be something to, that we need to look into and not, I mean, you you might want to ask yourself, is this going to lead up to criminal prosecution for Trump, for former President Donald Trump? And if so, wh- how are, is our country going to deal with it? Are we going to, are Republicans actually going to take, say, this is what needed to happen for, to Trump? Or they actually, most of the Republicans, I feel like, are going to, if Trump ever gets pros- criminally prosecuted, are going to say, this is unfair, and this is just another example of cr- political prosecution against Trump. I fear that they're going to say that. So, uh, those are my thoughts on it for today. For this episode of American Political Paradise podcast. And until next time, hope you can stay up on the news and plug any political news. And I'll uh, try to put another episode soon. And I hope you remember why this podcast exists is to give you the news, to give you the headlines, and to give you the, the information about all the any piece of legislation. Any former, any past, past legislation that was passed years ago, or any part of the government, the American government, or parts of the American political paradise, as I like to say, that are important to our American democracy as we know it. And this presidential records act was something significant that many Americans just don't think about until you think about the FBI officials executing a search warrant at Trump's Mar-a-Lago residence, and why it happened in November, and what led up to it, and why they needed to do this, I suppose. So, thank you for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you really enjoyed it. If you're ever on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please give it a, a rating, a one-star rating, two-star rating, or up to five-star ratings or reviews, so... Thank you for tuning in. I hope you hope you like this episode. Thank you, and have a great day.